This impactful conversation is brought to you by Say Things Better, a method of intentional communication developed by Lila Smith. I met Lila on LinkedIn and we immediately connected due to her open heart and wisdom. She helps entrepreneurs and thought leaders to make impactful choices for their communication. The Say Things Better messaging framework is the way she managed to build her own following of over 25,000 fans. Follow Say Things Better on LinkedIn and connect to Lila through her website at saythingsbetter.com. Welcome to Impact by Choice podcast. I'm your host, Andrada Anite. Today I have with me a guest that I met on LinkedIn and his profile attracted me because it says top 100 most influential entrepreneurs on LinkedIn. And not just that, but the fact that it says coaching millennials. So please allow me to welcome Sam Alstor. Welcome. How are you today? Um, perfect. Thank you for having me, Anne. It's a pleasure. Please introduce yourself for a f- shortly for the people that have never um, had the chance to interact with you. Right. Uh, just a youngster, 27 years of age, a former member of LinkedIn and uh, a former member of the corporate ecosystem. And uh, nowadays I coach students about the social power of LinkedIn, which is fun. Mm, that sounds great. Sorry? Soon to be a husband. Oh, congratulations. That sounds great uh, on both levels. So here on your profile, it also says author of LinkedIn Mastery. Uh, this has to do with the coaching with, with the students, yes. right? So yes. let, let's go a bit in more depth and tell us a bit, what is it exactly that you are trying to convey to students about LinkedIn and the power of social media? I remember I was uh, sitting with the PM um, of LinkedIn for Asia and we were having coffee, I think, two years ago. This is after I did uh, I designed the program LinkedIn Mastery the Nine House. Uh, but we were having coffee and I saw the data. And when I, when I say data, I saw the numbers. I have the metric data that says, and uh, let's focus on the Asian market, um, more than 127 million users are on LinkedIn. Uh, the first uh, misconceptuous lie is LinkedIn is for jobs. Right. So the chart, which is a triangular, that says to me only 7% of that number actually have reached the social power of LinkedIn up to 29% of using LinkedIn. Right. And, uh, and then you ask yourself, really? Uh, 7% of those 100 million users plus have reached up to 20 plus uh, in terms of the social power of LinkedIn. That itself lets you know that LinkedIn is being used either for the job market or uh, as I like to call in Asia, uh, people usually uh, give each other contact numbers and then they never follow up from there. Right. So we had a mission to understand that um, you could be coming from you know, a CEO position or you could be just coming out of college as a fresh graduate 
LinkedIn is your playground. And uh, what I mean by that is everybody writes, everybody talks, everybody shoots nowadays. Um, everybody has the position and the potential to do something on LinkedIn. How you choose and how you wish to take it forward is a couple of tactics, you know, from content perspective, algorithm perspective, your connections, the market you're targeting, and that sort of thing. Um, I also wanted to emphasize on the fact uh, influencers nowadays need not to be, you know, um, in a certain aspect of a corporate ladder. You can be, uh, you can still be rather a student and you can be an influencer. LinkedIn gives you that platform. And right. um, to that, I give a testimony of how last year I was uh, teaching in India to one of the renowned universities in India, really. And uh, I spent 10 months with them teaching about marketing and LinkedIn. And this year, some of them are with IBM, two of them are with Microsoft, and uh, three of them are with LinkedIn. So uh, imagine that. That's the power we can do with LinkedIn. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that's, that's an awesome result that you've got over there. But let me ask you, how, how did your collaboration with LinkedIn started? And um, why did you focus precisely on, on the students? I understood in part, right? But um, does it have to do anything with the fact that once they, they come out of college or university, the students are being required to also have some experience in the work uh, in the work field and that they can grab it from LinkedIn during uh, you know while being students or what was the exact reason that that brought you to LinkedIn first of all to collaborate with, with LinkedIn and then to focus on the students as I said a little bit of history about me. I am a former member of LinkedIn. I am also a former member of LinkedIn Trainer Birmingham Club. And uh, I am a current member of LinkedIn Learning. And that's what I want to emphasize on. LinkedIn Learning, uh, which is the platform where LinkedIn experts and LinkedIn uh, professionals can share contents to produce and educate other peers and professionals. And that was before it was called lynda.com and it's a long story process of how it came to LinkedIn Learning. But that's the passion where I write and I produce uh, short uh, documents to understand how you can capitalize more on LinkedIn. Now, that's who I am on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm also a head of global sales for a startup and a chief marketing officer. So to me, if I wish to uh, include LinkedIn in my daily life with the work I do with, you know, chief marketeers or head of sales people, um, I bet they do possess some of the knowledge to do that. Mm -hmm. I bet they do because uh, LinkedIn now is being taken as a B2B, B2C, F2F. Everybody is looking after LinkedIn. Okay, that's great. So um, who did we leave out? Oh, yeah, we got the students, the ones that um, they leave college on the hopes and dreams they'll be getting a job one that will not satisfy them neither intellectually or emotionally but they'll be getting paid and that's what they want first uh, stepping out of college and you can't do that it's 2019 you know you're not supposed to um, go distribute your resume and uh, send mass emails on the hopes you get a job so you can pay for, for the rent and uh, for the bike and for the wife or something like that um, you're supposed to do the extra mile you're supposed to work a little bit hard on yourself and aside from that, you're not supposed to wait until you graduate. 
understand that. You're not supposed to wait until you graduate, even though in your premature year, uh, your second year, high school year, or uh, college. Why not have a profile? Why not do what everybody do? Everybody can type and shoot, customize your profile, and understand who you wish to target. You want to target Apple? You want to work with Apple? Okay. So in your city span, understand who the PMs, who the HMs, who the hiring managers, and start writing up to what they want. By the time you leave your, your school, most likely you'd be called for an interview, for an internship. And that's how it works. So mm -hmm. I, I thought I could do more uh, with the students because uh, in a professional aspect, um, everybody uses LinkedIn. And I sure use LinkedIn uh, to its uh, fullest social power, but students have no idea. And uh, that's what I really want to focus on because we, we are creating a movement. We've reached 500 uh, million users up to December 2018. Yeah. And uh, what LinkedIn doesn't tell you is 30% uh, of those users are asleep. Mm -hmm. And what that term means is they just create a file, they up, up to a 500 connection plus, and they're like out and they never come back. And then you have the entire uh, uh, dilemma of you know people still using LinkedIn as a, a job hunting platform. And believe it or not, that's 50 plus percentage of the entire uh, user capital. Uh, per capita for LinkedIn. So we are still creating awareness, but to me, on my own, I am creating the movement that says, um, you need not to be, you know, coming from us like a professional in a multinational corporations. No, hell with that. If you're a student, come to me, we'll do that for you. And we want you to be better. That's what we do on LinkedIn. And it's, it's a mission we believe in. Whether we are formal members or not, you know, the mission is to connect people across the globe. And uh, an example of that would be you and I today. Right, right. That, that's a really, really interesting adventure that you're walking on, Sam. Seriously. <laughs> well, thank you. It's been, it's been a couple of years and we like it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of questions that students uh, address during all these sessions, right? All these um, coaching yes. hours and stuff. So can you give us an example of the most difficult question that you received from a student? Sure. Might be the most simplest one also. Why? Why do I need LinkedIn? I'll just use it, log in, put a profile on me. So if you type my name, uh, the next time you're hiring me, uh, Google will most likely put you put my LinkedIn profile on the first results. Therefore, I present the professional aspect. Therefore, why do I have to log in and write and produce contents or uh, connect and be polite and professional and that sort of thing on a daily or weekly basis? So that my answer was simple. Uh, I believe I said, uh, um, what did I say that time? Uh, no one wished to be a junior accountant or in accounting. Everybody wished to be a CEO at one point of their lives. And uh, what are CEOs, if nothing but a salesman? Because the way I define CEOs are great salesmen. And no one is being taught sales nowadays. So why did you come to the best platform and best playground and understand how we sell? So that was from my own perspective, you know. Uh, and what I meant by that um, most likely you're going to get your first and second job and the pay is shitty and everything will not be satisfied to you. And in three to five years, you're going to realize that, you know, um, you're not happy uh, for what you did and you think you deserve more, but you didn't know how. Yeah. Well, why don't you go back to LinkedIn? 
and uh, will make you will, will make you see how because uh, if I can uh, if I can help you send a cover letter or a connection request to future hiring manager in your future uh, dream company uh, in less than two minutes I bet I can do more with that right. so uh, my students really like that idea a lot and uh, believe it or not some of them are working with LinkedIn IBM and Microsoft uh, so it works right Right. So what I understand from you is that everyone leaves the human aspect outside. Um, I mean, the students, right? Because they don't see the benefit of engaging with other people, with actually creating a network, with actually being themselves on the, on the platform, you know, and bringing their own message. But they only see the platform as a job hunting platform, period, with no other reasons to, as I said, to engage. And it can be, yes, and it can be a little bit, you know, um, I'm not going to say upsetting, I'm going to say, you know, discomforting for me, you know, but uh, let's play a scenario where I sit in a conference room with the 20 plus, you know, um, head of departments or CEOs. No one is going to ask you and say, um, Sam, you're a former member of LinkedIn. Uh, why do I need to use LinkedIn? They know. They know what they want out of LinkedIn. They just lack the skill set to take that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't really enjoy that. I enjoy sitting in a students, uh, with students in, you know, in a classroom where I get those mature or premature questions. What is LinkedIn? Because we were taught when, when LinkedIn was first marketed in 2009 as the global platform to get a job. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, we really have no idea what's LinkedIn learning. We really have no idea why do I have to talk to people on LinkedIn. They still like to believe it's a social media platform. And uh, to an extent, I'm going to agree with them because everybody nowadays, you know, you could have an iPhone and you could be recording a two, three minutes video and you can post that on LinkedIn. And if you play your cards right, and I speak here about the algorithm, what I usually say uh, to everyone in conferences or, or, or classrooms, selling is not a mistake on LinkedIn. Selling too soon is a mistake on LinkedIn. And how you know you are selling too soon is by not getting at it for what not a social media platform, that LinkedIn is a human platform where you need not to be polite just because you wish to get a response. You need to be who you are because people will look you up before they answer you. And that's why I teach. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I can confirm that. And for sure, there's a lot of people that can confirm the fact that it's actually frustrating to get, you know, sales pitches in your inbox right before people say hi or try to exchange a few words, you know, to, to actually set a human connection. So I, I definitely relate to that. And um, unfortunately, there's still ongoing, but um, what is your greatest tip for these kind of people in order for them to change their way of doing sales? Or, you know, yeah, just being there on LinkedIn. Are we talking about a specific demography, which is the salespeople or LinkedIn in general? No, we're talking about LinkedIn in general and people that adopt this, this approach of oh. um, making sales pitch before saying hi. Right. 
Um, this is the time where you and the listeners must excuse my English, but I find that quintessentially naive and quintessentially stupid to do that because um, in sales itself, and this you could go back all the way to 1956 uh, with Nestle and the first uh, international sale inbound and study the, the techniques from there till today, um, you don't do that. Because the minute you, and, and in sales and LinkedIn, there is a phenomenon if you can, um, if you can um, um, trace that. And it goes something like this. Usually they'll be asking you questions that tend for you to say yes. And we call them the yes questions. Where we say, Anne, uh, are you tired of, uh, from what you do right now? Do you want to make that hundred extra million bucks and that sort of thing? Uh, to make you say yes. Mm -hmm. That's one of the tactics. And then you have, uh, you know, the just sending a mass mail to you with the high and no personalization and that sort of thing. But the one that have uh, met a little bit of success with uh, users on LinkedIn, because not everyone knows how to work with LinkedIn, is the yes questions. You know, what they continue to ask you and ask you and ask you anything to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. What people don't know is... Um, Seven seconds later, by the time you're saying yes to a salesman, your subconscious is start to be defensive. They'd be developing you to say no when the pitch product comes to you. So mm -hmm. here I am, and I'm going to say to you, and um, you are frustrated, and I have the perfect answer for you to go global, and blah, blah, blah. And you say, yes. And then I say, and I am a former member of LinkedIn, and I can do this and that for you. And you say, yes. And then another yes. Your subconscious slowly start developing that defensive background to meet my sales product, the pitch. Mm -hmm. So when I say, are you buying from me? And you're going to say no. So what does that mean really? Now let's go back to startups. And uh, I do teach that uh, to startups in particular where you never just look your uh, potential perspective on LinkedIn and start selling. There's one of the techniques, uh, one of many, many great techniques I uh, speak about, but this one in particular can be used by, you know, companies, students, and uh, individuals alike. IPC, I for identify, P for pitch, and C for close. So you identify what you want to do, who you want to sell for, and what your product for prior to pitch. And when you pitch, you don't pitch, you actually talk with the person. You never do that. And then when you close, you close with a CTA, a call to action that shows that, hey, I am here for you. I am here with you. And I will be here for you. What that means? I-I-O, a resistible, intriguing offer. That's how you close. GWS, goodwill sequence. Now, let me make that in English. You offer something, could be a price, could be a free trial, could be anything uh, that your competition in the market don't do. Mm -hmm. So that's an irresistible intriguing offer. Yes, you're selling the same product, the same bottle of water, but you say, you know what, I'm going to call you next week and then the next week after that on me, you don't need to charge me. And hey, if you don't want to be my client, it's fine. Life goes on. Uh, we'll still be chatting. So that's an irresistible intriguing offer. What you did right there was creating the trust factor. Even right. if you didn't get this deal, you'll get referred the next time. And uh, the, 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 good, the, the GWS or the Goodwill sequence is you never pitch the product in the first time or the second time. You continue to keep the conversation happen if the deal is a, a huge ticket size. You know, let's say a couple of thousand of dollars and above. Um, 
So people don't do that online dating. People mm-hmm. usually rather take the short exit. Hi, how are you? What do you do? Oh, do you need this? Oh no. Okay, bye bye. Life goes on. Um, so that's what we're trying to change, and uh, we really have plenty of examples and plenty of stories and fun. But uh, I'll say again, selling is not a mistake on LinkedIn. Selling too soon is a mistake, and I think you can figure it out how you sold it. You know, too soon. Everyone as an individual. <laughs> We all know how hard it is to grow, right? Especially if we are in the first month or years of our journey of our business startup or we're coaching or we're writing and we want to spread the word about us. We all know that is pretty difficult to get the word out there. But that's exactly where I come in. I want to host an ad about your business into my podcast, Impact by Choice. So look me up on LinkedIn, Andrada Anite. I would love to work with you further on and I would love to help you boost the visibility of your brand. Get ready for the free global app that works for you. WorkApp is set to revolutionize the way people connect in their personal and professional lives. Finally, there's a one-stop shop to help you post jobs or gain employment. Would you like your very own digital shop without any fees or charges? a global messaging service, and you can also post all types of events and courses, and you can buy, sell, or rent any items you wish. WorkApp is a global platform that helps you find what you need, when you need it, without any costs or delays. So, sign up for this exciting new service today. WorkApp works for you. Have you heard of Arian? If not, you may want to head to Amazon, look for The Man, The Moon and The Gasket. That's my book. <laughs> I know that you'll fall in love with the main character and with the person that pops up on the way in order to help him unveil that adventure which is called self-development. So let me know what you think. Thanks. After all this story, I understand why you teamed up with Jules White for mm. the Three Wins in 2018 challenge. So can you tell us a bit the story behind that challenge and how the two of you came to actually co- collaborate? Right. Uh, so uh, just a two seconds intro on that topic alone, because I am most likely the young chap known uh, for creating this sort of challenge. I remember in 2017, we did the challenge, and in early 2018, we did five things about me. It's a hashtag, uh, met with global you know, um, connections and, and, and fun times. Mm-hmm. So if you ask me really what you do on LinkedIn now, they just say I have fun. Jules and I, well, I've been admiring her for quite rather some time, really. Um, when you talk about sales, you talk about Jules White. Yeah. That. yeah. And um, aside you. from that, we were, you know, we were, we were uh, going, uh, how was the book, by the way, before I go any further? Absolutely amazing. I do hope that you got a chance to read the review that I wrote on LinkedIn. I mean, the article is over there and I just loved it. I simply loved it. And Jules knows I talked to her about it. 
absolutely you know if you ask me that book is for sure a change catalyst and that comes indeed. from the bottom of my heart when i say it indeed indeed so uh, i remember one day we were down the comment section and we were having fun uh, about uh, jules wish to promote her book and um, we were approaching um, i believe uh, the first of jan uh, this year and every year i like to do something uh, different so I didn't really wish to focus on 2019 and what your hopes and aspirations will be. Um, nobody knows that what's going to happen in the future. So I said, uh, let's make it more fun. Uh, let's make it about, you know, the progress, uh, both on a professional and uh, a personal level of uh, your last year. Mm-hmm. And then you wanted to have fun. And you know how it is with social selling. You want to give them something in return. So I said, you uh, do the book uh, signing session and I'll send them a couple of e-tickets for a LinkedIn talk show I'm supposed to do in four days from now, mm-hmm. um, which I haven't sent <laughs> neither any of you, including you and the tickets. Um, so we did that and uh, I am also blessed to, I don't want to call myself an influencer. I am not by any chance an influencer, nor do I enjoy being called or labeled that word, but I am blessed to know many people on LinkedIn and uh, uh, some of them have a voice, mm-hmm. one might say. So right. I tagged them and uh, in less than 24 hours, we were number one trending on LinkedIn with the new hashtag, uh, five things about me. Wait, no, three wins in 2018. Right. Uh, that was the hashtag. So uh, we are doing that again uh, soon. I think I know a person who's an author and uh, he wished to promote his book and this one is, to, we are doing it for uh, professionals. But what I really was thinking about you and I um, could interview some lucky winners. And then um, imagine if we do a challenge, not for those who've been there and done that, if we do a challenge for those who wish to be there and that, you know, the new yeah. up and comers, the new youngsters. And that's what I really enjoy, you know, because this can see it to me at least. They don't have a product to sell. Uh, right. So I really, really enjoy working with those people. And uh, um, I would say since March 6th is my birthday, uh, most likely I'm going to come back on LinkedIn and drop something and uh, log out. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, your, your future, you know, your uh, projected challenge sounds really, really fun, you know. And in this way, you include all the people that, haven't got a chance to actually achieve something lately you know so they're just starting up and they're just you know aiming to get somewhere so that's exactly where i see the value in in your challenge so make sure that you keep us uh, you know up to date and i'd love to you know collaborate with you in any any possible way but talking about brilliant ideas and supporting the people that never got a chance to actually achieve something until this very moment. I want to ask you something about a topic that is really, really dear to me, and that is diversity. Because uh, with your new challenge that you are going to bring, that's actually including, as I said, you know, um, newbies. Let's, let's put it this way, right? Newbies of LinkedIn, so to say. Um, but that's you know linked to to inclusion is also linked to diversity so my question towards you goes like this what do you think about diversity and how have you experienced it on your own skin 
this is the part where I take a pause because I really want my words to come out in appropriate manner. And uh, again, um, I'm lucky to be known uh, across a wide range of spectrum of LinkedIn. And uh, I've been told that I have this attitude uh, when I comment or when I write that I really don't care about being polite and professional. I give it to you um, the way it should be given to you, you know, with respect and honesty. I'm not going to lie to you. Right. Uh, and I kind of enjoy that. I'm not going to lie. I enjoy being that chef on LinkedIn. Uh, but the question you ask, is if not the question everyone should be asking and um, aside from LinkedIn and I don't know if this answer will serve you the justice you're looking for uh, but on on the chance not everybody knows that uh, my father is English and my mom is an Arab so if nothing else I know diversity more than anybody I grew up in a house where um, church was to go on Sunday and a mosque was supposed to be meant to on Fridays. Right. And uh, that was fun. Not the long roads though, because that was uh, terribly boring. The food, however, again, it's one part where you get to have English table and you get to have an Arabic, amazing, delicious food on the table. And, and that's amazing. So I grew up in a diversity house. Uh, I remember my neighbors up until now were um, Jewish, um, Aussies, and uh, my dear mentor, who's the one who taught me everything, uh, is from um, the state of Arizona. So wow. okay. take, take that all, take that all, and, uh, and, 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 and then put some sugar on it, as we like to say here. Uh, I'm marrying a uh, beautiful French young lady who happens to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully uh, soon we, we're working on it. Um, so diversity can be said, well, diversity is my middle name. I've seen it all, I've done it all. Um, so I, I really understand, I really understand when someone is recording a video from, the, uh, from Kampala in Uganda with a one room, small room, not even a bed or a fan. And I understand when someone, you know, does a live video from, you know, LinkedIn headquarters. Let's go to California. I understand there's a difference. I am lucky to say I am yet to find someone who have been prejudiced with terms of diversity on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't seen any racial uh, discrimination yet. And uh, God knows if I do, I am going to go full blast on them. Um, so it's a good thing I haven't met any of those, uh, you know, racial discrimination folks on LinkedIn. Aside from that, um, I am in India, by the way, uh, successfully working and teaching students in a country that doesn't speak my language, nor do I speak its language. So it's a challenge, it's a privilege, and it's an honor to, to meet those guys and talk in English and deliver an idea, a motion, a thought of how to succeed in any country. You just need to have a phone and, um, well, what else? Wi-Fi and coffee. That's pretty much it. <laughs> right. Right. So what about the people that... Uh, do not believe in the power of diversity? What would you advise them 
in regards to why they should be embracing all this, you know, differences between us as humans, first of all. John Hollyfer, I really want to watch what I say right now. Okay. <laughs> but uh, because I, I uh, that's one topic I care about more than anything. And in my life, I've been labeled as, you know, from a member of LinkedIn, uh, a young entrepreneur and that sort of thing. But when you touch a topic like diversity, I, I tend to be extremely cautious because I've seen lives and I've seen people uh, being ruined with such topics. Um, let's give the audience a chance to know your diversity uh, prior for my answer. Can we do that? <laughs> That's interesting. Okay, so you'd like to learn my advice for people to well, your, your background first, your background first, and then, you know, let me be the interview for a moment. And, uh, what's your background like and uh, what you're going to say to them yeah, in two minutes or less? Over. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Um, my background on diversity, well, it's pretty new, if I can call it like this. Um, so first of all, I'm from Romania, for, for the listeners that do not know this. Um, but I... I have always considered myself to that I should have been, you know, born in an English speaking country for some reason. I don't know. I think in English, I write in English, I speak in English, um, sometimes even better than I do in my own language. So, <laughs> yeah, at least I can convey my messages better in English than in my own um in my own language, because I'm, to be honest, I'm focusing on the wide world. I'm not, I don't like to limit myself to just, you know, one geographical area. And um, by starting to interact on LinkedIn more than a year ago, I found a lot of stories from people from all over the world, uh, from Africa, Africa to Asia to UK, US, Netherlands, other parts of Europe. So you see there's Australia, New Zealand. So by seeing all those stories, I've become interested in how people actually, um, how do they go with, your, with their life, you know, every, every day and what are their struggles and um, what kept them going through, through times of difficulties. And for that, my plan was to um, come up with this written interview series, which was called Valuable Diversity, precisely for this aspect, you know? And the aim behind all this series was to bring people together, just people to know other people. But through that adventure, I've learned again so many stories and I've opened my eyes to so many perspectives that now, a year and a half later, if you ask me if I could live without the concept of diversity behind me, I would say no, because there's so many, so many discriminations based on, you know, race, religion and everything. But I've discovered people, I've met people, I can't say that I discovered them, but I've met people, for instance, who live in Australia, but they are Muslim, uh, married, and they're celebrating both the Muslim traditions and, you know, um, 
the other celebrations, right? Like, um, I don't know, Christmas, Easter, and, and stuff like that. So there's a lot of people who are actually open to embracing uh, different aspects of different cultures. So to answer my own question about why people should embrace diversity is because it helps us grow, because it helps us understand each other. And I'm, you know, my, one of my purposes in this life is to understand people, right? Instead of judging them, instead of placing a label, just as you said, you know, about labels. So the more we learn about other people and the more we understand where they come from, um, the more we open our own minds to, um, you know, let's say that each culture and each uh, tradition is just like a petal of a flower, right? So once we learn, we find if we're playing a puzzle, so to say, or a maze, uh, if we find a puzzle piece along the maze and put them together, all those puzzle pieces in the end, then we get that beautiful flower, which, which is diversity in the end. So why not getting a chance to actually smell that beautiful flower instead of crushing it, you know? So that's actually my, my advice. And you know people. what? And you know what? Before, before I, 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 I reciprocate to what she said, I want you to know that your kids would be lucky to have you. Thank you. Uh, if they're not by now, because um, that's exactly what I believe in. Literally. So let me take you to a story, some old story, one that uh, I've received plenty of heat and plenty of admiration, which is a bit surprising, you know, you're not supposed to be getting those sort of things. Um, us millennials, everybody knows who we are, uh, everybody knows uh, we like to dress different, we like to show who we are, we like to be more dictated to the office because of fashion. Millennials, everybody wished right about us, you know? Right. The one thing we, uh, we are easily uh, agreed upon is we are easily offended. Right. What does that mean? If you're black and I called you the N-word, oh, well, no, you cross the line. If you're Asian, and I called you whatever they call Asian. Oh no, if you're white, and I, I don't want to go there, <laughs> but, and I call you the white word, I suppose. Mm. No, you crossed the line. You didn't say that in 75. You didn't say that in 65. You saw that in 91 and plus. So in a way, we are to be blamed because we are easily offended. You know, you remember like uh, back in the 90s where um, it was a common phenomenon to call, uh, to make jokes about fat people. Right. It was really, really a common thing to, you know, just say jokes about fat, really obese people in the 90s. And, and guess what? What do fat people do nowadays? Not saying our world doesn't have fat people any longer. I'm saying the fat ones don't really care anymore. So you meet someone in the supermarket and you say, oh, you're fat. And they're like, and so? <laughs> yeah. They don't get offended. Yeah, they like it. I've got some awesome remarks I have learned among the way of which I can't recite on your podcast. But you know what? The story and the outcome is, they don't care. 
we do about the words we like to be associated with. So if, my, if nothing else, uh, millennials are indeed the major portion of the workforce today. And I have the numbers to prove that. If nothing else, we are also being the laziest generation against our wish, which is not true because we clock more in the office if we believe in an idea. Right. So cheers to that. But we are also, without a doubt, quintessentially easily offended. And to that, I like to mention uh, to my friends and say, you know what? I, uh, three months ago, I received a call uh, from Austria, Australia. Mm-hmm. And they were, hello, sir, please help us, sir. It was a vivid text on LinkedIn. And I said, well, what's going on? What's the problem? And they told me there is this guy who's about, uh, who doesn't have money, can't have a job. Uh, from India, I suppose, or Sri Lanka, and uh, please help us. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, okay, and uh, I think you're going to find a post uh, about this, and uh, I really wish him the best from my heart. I waited till 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning uh, on my bed so I could call him because of the time frame difference. Right. And I asked him, and he doesn't speak English, and you know how shy for me to talk to you for the first time, begging for a job, and I don't even know you. Yeah. So I said, well, take it easy. It's fine. Um, who are you? What do you want? What's going on? And he explained to me, and uh, in a way, he might be seeing this if you post this on LinkedIn, of which you will. Um, being discriminated against color, race, gender, or religion can indeed take your life away. Yeah. What that means is you might be kicked out of your own apartment. Uh, you might be kicked out of your own job. And that's exactly what happened to the guy. And I remain blessed to, and thankful to say that I have reached out and the Lord is my witness. I have reached out to many people in Austria uh, so they can help them out. And uh, some of which are common connections and of you and I on LinkedIn. So mm-hmm. we do what we do because we choose to believe and, and, and enjoy what we do. But if you're going to get easily offended, uh, then my friend, you are stupid as hell. Uh, because our generation really, really needs to step up uh, with this so-called millennials thing, because race is something we chose to happen. Discrimination is something we chose to happen. Yeah. Now, this is the part where I close my statement and I say, uh, my best mate, my best mate in nine years is from Africa. Mm-hmm. He's the handsome one, by the way. If you if you if you are about to ask me that, and um, <laughs> we, uh, he's comfortable being called uh, the N word. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't like it when someone calls him that, even for, for fun. Um, but you know, he says, you know, it's all right. It's it's cool what he usually recites. And I say, well, no, it's not. I'll call you the N word, but you're my friend. I'm just doing it for fun. Let's be honest. I don't want the common perception of the public to call you that or label you based on your curly Afro hair and your skin physiques and your uh, black color. So the idea is. The next time you are being labeled, uh, whether emotionally, intellectually, in the office, in the home, uh, in the coffee shop, you stand up or you stand up and you say, no, you look at me for who I am here, not because of what I look like. And I like to believe my best mate is doing that. Um, so it's a, it's a message. It's a message. Like you want me to mention names? It's a message to Chidu in South Africa. It's a message to John Agbar in Nigeria. It's a message to... 
Sam Lister in the United States. It's a message to all millennials that have been fortunate to work with and assist along down the line on LinkedIn to really stand for this. Because uh, what do we do to fight this? Uh, we do marketing strategies of you know different folks in one picture image frame. We got the black, the Asian, the white, and they all happy and smile. Uh, yeah, no one believes in that. that people believe in opening up and talk. So uh, talk is what I would say about race. Talk more. Right, right. I'm with you on that. But fortunately, um, I see that there are people who learn to let go of what's going on instead of dwelling on it. You know, so where there's injustice, where there's real injustice and life-threatening injustice, um, I'm there with you. Yeah, stand up, speak for yourself, defend your rights, and just show what you what your brain can do, you know? But on the other hand, if there's small things that, you know, um, maybe can... I don't know, don't have such an impact like others. At times, maybe it's better to just let go and, you know, just see your purpose. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just an idea. And of course, we all have different... Take the easy way out? Sorry? The easy way out? No, I'm not talking about the easy way out. I'm talking about the smart way out. I mean, there's people who, who can you know, who know what they, they carry in their brains, right? Like you mentioned a few of them. So they know their own value. So what I'm saying is instead of dwelling on, um, I don't know, things that do not impact your own activity and your own purpose and um, the quality of the work that you can deliver, then my idea would be to rather rely on your own worth than um, call out people for, <clears throat> for almost nothing. Again, when there are things that are really serious, right? That is a moment when, yes, we all need to stand up, not just them by themselves. We all need to build an alliance and support those people. So that the message gets spread even wider. You know what I mean? I, I agree. I agree. Uh, it reminds me of something. I, um, I don't know if I came up with it or was it Buddha, but I saw a post on Instagram recently and it says exactly what I said for years. And it says Buddha said that uh, we didn't know if I stole it from Buddha or Buddha stole it from me. Uh, but it's a simple uh, rule of life. I've always said to my colleagues and friends, the three L's of life, live, love, and let go. And exactly. um, yeah, the ones who are smart are the ones who know how to live and love and let go. So exactly. um, I, li I like to believe it was me who came up with that, not Buddha. <laughs> I, I like to believe so pretty much, you know. <laughs> Um, listen, since we, we've come into such a topic, I would like to ask you one more thing, and that is, um, how do you feel about the power of choice on a daily basis, on any kind of topic that you want to approach? 
do you think that we are being born with the power of choice or do you think that we need to acknowledge the power of choice um, on the path of our lives? Uh, you sure have your way with questions, just like I have my own ways with answers. So <laughs> uh... Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> um, a friend of mine once said, uh, my therapist, shared with me a couple of interesting answers. And I said, shoot, or I, I usually say kipasa. Mm -hmm. And he said, my therapist uh, told, taught me to close my bad thoughts when I'm sitting on the couch complaining to my therapist. And, I, and he said to me, think about it like this. What if everything happens the way you want it? Right. What if all the things you dreamt of happened the same way you wanted? How would you feel? And I'm like, oh, wow. So if, if I do that, uh, I'm most likely not going to be sitting on my therapist's couch complaining. I'd most likely be sitting in a Starbucks or a coffee shop drinking my coffee. And I'm like, it worked. Yay. Right. So it's rather a complex motion of a choice. Do you wish to be depressed? Because you just faced right now with a problem, could be a family or a business problem. Do you wish to be depressed? Or do you wish to take a knee, sit down, have a cup of water, and say, okay, so something is wrong. What can I do to improve upon that? So right. it's a choice, love. And um, this is the part where I say, you know, some have strong hearts. They can take it. And some are not, in particular, uh, able to make that choice. But at the end of the day, and trust me, I speak from experience as well. At the end of the day, it is a choice. And um, everyone should have that. Everyone should have that. Right. So, again, you said everyone should have that. So, that means that we are not actually being born with the power of choice? or um, I blame education. Mm, right. Okay. That's, but that's just me. I hear you on that. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of changes that's, that could be done in that area for sure. <laughs> and I come to reinforce that as, as a parent because I see yes, what's, what's going on, you know, and I, yes, I see people with older kids going through some, some things that are not appropriate at all, you know, and that are unfortunately meant to just narrow their thinking instead of giving them the choice to think out outside of the box and and just follow you know their passions because they just need to uh, bow down to some rules which probably are not for them so yeah I hear you on that I'm really really grateful for you to you oh. know to have accepted to be here with me today, Sam. And I want to ask you, what future plans do you have for us? What's, what's in store for you for the near future? Okay, those are two questions I understand. One is for me and one is for us. You can pick it either, <laughs> either of them. Um, again, for those who know me, know I'm a slightly young, not really young, I'm, I'm older a little bit, but uh, professionally wise, I've achieved everything I've achieved and I wanted to achieve. 
uh, last year I was the head of uh, department for a huge company and before that I was a chief marketing officer for another one. Mm-hmm. And uh, you need not to know uh, my achievements, you need to know that I am proud of them. And as to this year, I really, uh, really uh, wish to marry uh, the person I'm in love with and uh, that's pretty much it. I have no intention of uh, coming back to the corporate ladder and advising and teaching and that sort of thing. I do it for free. I don't care if it's a person or a thousand people. Just give me a call. Buy me coffee and let's sit down and let's talk. That's all I ask. Uh, but I don't feel like I wish to be engaged uh, with the with the nine to five job or a contract of two years or something like that. Uh, I'm doing what everyone right now is doing. Uh, hopefully the smart ones, which is save enough money to go to buy the, you know, put your first mortgage on the apartment, the car, and um, make her happy. Uh, make her happy. So, so that's, that's what I really want to do by the end of 2019. And I will call myself a success uh, or a successful per- person uh, should I do just that. So to that, I say cheers, uh, because that's what I really want. And um, as per you and I and LinkedIn, well, you know me. As a person, the uh, LinkedIn is a playground for me, and um, I really don't mind doing this more often with you as long as we get to have more people and it's all noisy. (laughs) (laughs) Like like adversity where everybody's talking about problems and stuff, and uh, that's fun. I enjoy that because people get to talk, and uh, what people fail to realize is other people get to listen and witness, and then they'll come to you in the messenger inbox and and they'll say, you did great. I, I, I relate to you. It's what social selling is all about. It's what all people on LinkedIn should do. Right. To that, one last message, please. Call it an advice, a message, wherever. Just because you have an iPhone does not give you the right to shoot stuff on LinkedIn because I really like my feed so much and I don't want you to come on my feed and say, I had an epiphany and my life is changing. Because my coffee had no sugar today this morning. <laughs> and you just decided to shoot that on your iPhone and post it. Please don't do that to me, please. <laughs> right. I like the fact that you're being funny too. So I want to congratulate you for what's going to happen in your life and for the success that you are going to achieve for sure, you know, which is your Thank marriage you. that you talked about. So if that what success means to you in 2019, I wish you to... Um, you know, come to life and to let, let us know for 2020, uh, 2020, what will be your, um, your, okay. um, your Not done. back again. That's you know. But yeah, for sure. We're going to speak some more in time. And I want to ask you one more thing. If people sure. want to reach out to you, what that reaching out to you can be for, and where should they reach out to you besides LinkedIn? So I'll say it again. You need me? Um, just text me on LinkedIn. Say, hey, how are you? And what do you do? But you know what? This is what you shouldn't do. Saying, hey, how are you? And what do you do? Follow with what you want. Mm-hmm. One text, one pitch. Do that and I'll reply to you. Send me hi. Most likely I'm going to block you. That's, awesome. that's pretty much it. yeah i like that it's determined but yeah it's very good thank you (laughs) sam for being with me today 
It's been a real pleasure to talk to you and learn your perspectives on different topics and to understand better what do you do. So likewise, I really, I really appreciate the fact you, uh, you tied your hair so you'd look more like a boxer, I would say. In this <laughs> I can't wait for the, for the, for the montage to look like it. Uh, I'm happy I'm here. I think I was, I was a, an advocate uh, to be in your show before we got to know each other. Right. Uh, so I'm really happy this happened. Um, so let's take it one step further and let's do this. Next time we're chatting, I want everyone to know that I'll be launching a second, in this year, a second amazing challenge with a unique hashtag that everyone is invited. And you know what? Yes, we are giving rewards. And yes, they're going to be amazing. So uh, we're most likely going to do that in the first quarter of March. And that and is uh, one of the, if not the top head to organize just that. Thanks, Sam. See ya. See ya. Let me tell you about a new show that I came across lately. It's called One Nation Radio. And is that kind of show that simply unites the entire world through the voice of the host. So just go ahead, give it a listen and support John Gora, who is a new podcaster and will definitely appreciate it. Thank you for reaching the end of this episode. I wish you an amazing day ahead. And please, don't forget, smile at life and life will smile right back at you.